You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome to All Talk with Hello Sport, brought to you by SEN, uh, the home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Um, joined, uh, uh, as always, by my darling friend Edward, but guest today, James Graham. Now, before you say anything, James, sorry to cut you off there, mate. Uh, for those of you that don't know, James Graham, a former rugby league legend, over 400 games played in Super League with St. Helens, in the NRL, with the Bulldogs and the Dragons, represented his country, now turned media darling. <laughs> James, how are you? Thank you very much for coming in. Yeah, I'm, I'm flattered. Um, a media darling. Did you ever think you'd be called a media darling? No. Which you are? No. Yeah. Is that, no, where, I, where's that sit on the list of career achievements? Media darling. Well, I think it needs some verification. <laughs> um, well, lucky you're in the presence of mm, verifiers. And yeah, yeah. Well, I th- mate, as well, like, when I, when I first started out, I was, a, I was a bit anti-media. And I was scared of doing interviews and stuff, so I've come a long way. My word, you have. I've come a long way. I, I do want to get to your media career in a moment, but... Um, I guess we would like to, I guess, just start from the start a little bit with sort of, you know, the James Graham story. Pommy. Is that, it's not offensive to, we got, we got shadow banned from Instagram for calling someone a pom. Just, it, pommy's a, pommy's play on, right? Uh, I have no issue with it. There you go. Perfect. But that doesn't necessarily mean that others don't. Pom. Well, that's I mean, all right. No, well, listen, you're going to be our barometer for poms. Seriously, yeah. uh, Instagram. Shadow ban. What, what does a shadow ban so mean? So it means like no, like you can't see all that. Like none of our sort of content will pop up, generally speaking. So like people can't find you. Yeah. So if you were to search so that's us. It, that's in the algorithm. Of, uh, of, well, of or someone can report someone you. Report yeah. 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 Very, very odd. And we got shadow banned, and then we couldn't go live on Instagram for a while. What happened to freedom of speech? Mate, I don't know, eh? What it, happened to it? it? What, where did it go, James? Where did it go? And what's funny about it is POM is short for prisoner uh, prisoner of Mother England, I believe. So wouldn't we be the POMs? Technically. Look, you know? Bogged mm. down in sort of the, the specifics of POMs. Yeah, well, the, the, the Americans call us limeys. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What's a limey? Don't know. That's limey bastard. I've heard that before. Yeah, I, I hope that's because we bought a disease over there. Oh, Lyme disease. Is that where you guys, did you guys start that? Possibly. I don't know. What do you call Aussies? You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to remain friendly with the Australian Yeah, public. yeah, 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 you got it. Uh, or, you know, uh, uh, watered down Yanks would be a... Watered down Yanks? Yeah. That's highly offensive. That is high. You're right, that, that is offensive. You think? Well, Yanks, I feel, like, I feel like it is globally accepted to sort of just write off Yanks as being like a pain in the ass, generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why. <laughs> right, so as you're okay, saying, yeah, sort of yeah, like, yeah, right, okay. another piece of the puzzle yeah. falls into so place. So we're not self-aware as a people is what you're trying to tell us. <laughs> well, I, ha- no, I have... I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. Water Dan Yanks, that's going to stay with me now. Yeah, that will. And I don't know how I feel about nah, it. We'll like, be, we'll off be, the bat, yeah. I don't love it. So let's just go away from that yeah, yeah. and go back to like... Where you were born, yeah, you know. Let's just come from. Let's yeah. just pivot. <laughs> let's pivot away from that. Well, yeah, I um, I was born in Liverpool, England, um, where there's no rugby league. I'm one of seven kids, so oh, um, yeah, it was a busy household growing up. What's the sibling break? So we got down? three three older brothers. Then there's me, and then my three younger sisters. Interesting. So you often find with like successful athletes, at least, I'm sure probably generalizing again, but like. The youngest, if you've got like heaps of older brothers, 
you're like almost they harden you they make you like the toughest one because they just fuck with you the whole time yeah yeah well um the, the closest age range as well was uh six years so they're all a lot older than me um so growing up with them i like i'd like beg to go and play football or soccer with them mm. and um yeah they they, they I, I grew up pretty quick you know playing against older players just jumpers for goalposts so, sort of things and um yeah it, it was good. like I'd, re, I'd be wrestling with them all the time yeah but and yeah it took me a lot to, to get one over on them but eventually i did eventually from, from did. Pr- quite a young age so yeah no you, doubt you started to get it over your older brothers uh, the the closest one to me, yeah. I used to tap, make him tap a few times. And oh. One of the most satisfying moments in yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. When I knew I, could, I knew how to get him because yeah. I was I, I was probably like nine, ten, and he would have been like fifteen, sixteen, and I, yeah. Oh, we had taken some, down a fifteen year old at yeah, nine. At years nine, old. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah we, I, we had some, but th- to be fair, like he 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 was probably going soft on me, but just he he, he gave me an You're inch. Being humble, he, he, he gave me out. an inch and I, and I took it, and oh, we'd have all sorts of. All sorts of fights over everything. everything. We used to have a Commodore 64. <laughs> I broke the space bar on that through some illegal play for me, brother Danny. I well, was mate. not impressed. You had to do what you had to do, right? I did, yeah. So did yeah. any of them mate have any of them have any professional sporting careers or are you the only one? No, no, I'm the only one. Wow. No, I'm the only one. So how do you go from living in Liverpool, which obviously would be football mad, soccer mad, how do you become the rugby league player? Yeah, well, my old long story short, my old man was from uh, Cumbria, a place called Maryport. Um, he met my mum. They moved in. It, she's from Liverpool, um, and he'd always been a rugby league fan. It was, and he'd go to the Challenge Cup final every single year. He go he, on his way down with my granddad. He went into a shop to get some supplies, as now I know means beer. So mm-hmm. he was going, getting on a coach on a bus to go down to Wembley. In this shop, there's a little note saying, "St Helens Crusaders under sevens need players." Call this number. So he jots the number down. Comes home the next day. He's like, how do you feel about playing rugby? And I was I was this close to joining like a football or soccer team. And I'm like, rugby, dad, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't really know what it was. So. So you didn't even know what well, it was. I, I'd, I'd like. seen it, but I couldn't differentiate between league and union. Like, right. I, I couldn't tell you that. Um, I was, I don't know. I was just, oh, I don't know. So he, he went and bought a rugby ball took me over to the park and started putting, like, high kicks up for me for some bizarre reason. <laughs> With two like, seven-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skill you <laughs> like, like, he take? wasn't putting Matt Burton bombs <laughs> up, like, but he was just, you yeah. know, getting a feel for I was getting a feel for it. I was like, yeah, I'll go on then. I'll go down on the Wednesday night. And uh, we played a game, and I just fell in love. Yeah. And the rest Did is Did you dominate? Like, were you good straight away? Uh, I think I was okay. That they they were keen to have me back, but my, my my memory from this and it goes back to the conversation about my brothers. So when I was playing football with them, we used to play a game. I was obviously the youngest there by a long time. So jumpers for goalposts, person starting goal. You've got to score five headers and five volleys against this goalkeeper. The only way the goalkeeper can get out is if they catch the ball on the full or someone's taking a shot, and then whoever hit the ball. They become the goalkeeper. So, but if you manage to score five headers and five volleys, this game was called tunnel. Mm. And if you scored the five headers and five volleys, you'd have to run through the tunnel of death. Oh, so we'd all line up, and this goalkeeper, after conceding five pens and five volleys, he had to run through us, and you could kick him. <laughs> like you could, so I, I, I had to run the well. It's like running the gauntlet. 
anyway, at the end of this first game I've ever played, like, I'm already like, my mind's just spinning. Like I, I've introduced to this sport, all the things I was told I can't do at home, I was allowed to do <laughs> on this rugby, on this field. Mm. I was like, this is amazing. Like, it's a bit crazy. At the end of the game, they go, right, lads, just make a tunnel for the opposition. And I can remember standing in this tunnel, just going, oh, shit, are we going to... This is... Oh, oh, and then they're just clapping. Them through. I'm like, oh, oh, right, okay, oh, yeah, 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 well done. And then we're walking through, I'm like, like, hands out, like, oh, yeah, yeah, cheers. So, yeah, my introduction was, yeah, it was love at first scrum, I guess. That's funny. That's the leggy in you, mate. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? When you get a different type of tunnel, <laughs> <there, though. laughs> going to clap them off and yeah. putting the boot in instead. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, when you start playing rugby league, you obviously fall in love with the sport. Did your family, in in doing so, sort of follow and take an interest in the sport as well, or were you sort of like this black sheep, so to speak, who loved the game but everyone else was watching Liverpool play? Yeah, yeah. Well, me, um, me, me brothers had. We're, we're obviously, like I say, a bit older, um, but a couple of them had, had come and watched me play. My sisters got dragged a few times, but uh, it was a huge effort from my old man. You know, there was lots going on at school. Uh, there was lots going on at home. And, um, yeah, it was, like, as I'm learning now, when kids are in sport, it's it's pretty non-stop, isn't it? And yeah. You're like a glorified taxi driver. So, <laughs> especially where we were, um, like, there was no one else lived close by so I couldn't like jump in with a mate or whatever it was always just you know how far is the drive from where you were living to training that sort of stuff like 25 minutes okay and 25 minutes in Sydney is nothing but 25 minutes in England is, is, a, big, heaps. is a big deal yeah, it's almost right. like should we get a ho- yeah. should, should we get a hotel kind of thing like it's a it's <laughs> yeah. a long way say goodbyes yeah 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 like so how so long how long is it from when you started playing to when you were like oh like did they start recognizing that you were actually quite good you know, um, that not necessarily that it was even a career beckon, but just that you were better than most people or than the average player. Oh, look, I, I, I guess, you know, I, I won a few, like, uh, awards growing up um, in those early years um, and got picked for a few teams. But it probably wasn't until sort of like 15, 16 where um was really starting to stand out. So. And did you... Because I've never been good at anything, so I don't know what it feels like in a sporting context to be like, "Oh, dude, I'm like, I'm dominating here." Like, did you? Was, did it come easy? Like, did you have to train extra hard? Like, because obviously there's a balance between working hard, but also like a, an, an ability. Did it come easy to you? Did you feel like you were just able to get it over opposition players? I, I, at first, yeah, like at, at eight, nine, ten, yeah. Um, but then there was a bit more thought went into it, and yeah. as I progressed through the ranks, it was. It definitely like I was a a big eight year old for the like amongst my peers, but then you know as people other people get bigger and go through puberty and all that sort of stuff, um, I had to use my brain a little bit more and, mm. and, and think and you know that sort of fifteen like four yeah like early teens I was a real student of the game like I couldn't get enough like I just loved it so I was I was watching everything I could um, obviously. Not every game was on TV over there, um, so I'd be, yeah, I'd just be a, a, like wanting to be across everything. How much visibility do you have for like the NRL when you're at that age, or is it just Super League and are all your heroes Super League players, like guys you looked up to at the time? No, no. Well, Super League was the was the mainstay. 
Uh, and the most important thing, I was a season ticket holder for St. Helens. Um, I'd go and watch every game at home with with my dad as well, like normally after our games. And um, But the NRL was on the radar. like So Sky Sports would have it on over there. I think there was like a couple of games a week. Origin would be on. So um, I'd, be, I'd be across that. And um, yeah, I used to, used, used to love watching it. Like, like like loved it and even even from probably before that we'd get like little highlights on I think they had a program called Trans Worlds of Sports on Channel 4 and like mm. th- they'd show like all these little clips from all these different sports around the world and they'd show like a bit of AFL and then a bit of NRL and be like whoa we get on five minute fix <laughs> um, but yeah I was I, I was pretty obsessed as a, as a youngster and yeah like I said just couldn't get enough When's the career become a like viable like something that you can sort of start to believe in probably about 15 really i, I, I was i was like yeah i was on the on the radar of, of a few clubs signed at st helens Um i came on a rugby tour like a, a english tour over here at 15 and that was like we probably treated like professionals like all the other time i've been at school and training for nighttime or a weekend and then coming here that was like almost like you know Train in the morning and on the and the afternoon, mm. oh, kind of like the idea of this and yeah. As soon as I could legally sign for St Helens, I, I did, um, and then the yeah, I got offered to go train with go, to go full time with the first team at like just just after my 18th birthday. So um, yeah, that's that's when it when it was really it was all happening. Yeah, yeah, it was all happening. Yeah, and obviously there was still a tremendous amount of work to get through but that's when it, you know it, it felt real how do you how do you walk back into school the day after you've signed for st helens when you're 15 like are you just the man well to be honest like people at school with they weren't really oh, no one cared because like yeah. we, we had a few lads that were on the books of some like premier league teams oh, right. so <laughs> right. you know like they, they didn't end yeah. up they, they didn't end up playing for them but you know that it that was like the more impressive thing was, you know, they they've they, they're signed with you know Blackburn or a few were on the books of mm. I think Everton maybe at the time. So, but I remember making my debut at, at seventeen and I was in sixth form. So you made your debut for St Helens at seventeen. Yeah, at seventeen. Yeah. So that's before you actually fully signed. Yeah, yeah, before ah. full time. Yeah. So that that was a bit a bit surreal. So yeah, I was in. I think I must have took the day off school on the You'd hope on so. the Friday and then. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was in school on the on the Monday. That was yeah, from Markham, chest, yeah. yeah, that was bizarre. how how filled out were you at a, as a seventeen oh, year old? It was, like it, it was almost child abuse. So I was, <laughs> I was not ready to play. We like, played in the front row. Yeah, I came off the bench in the front row. It was it was so at seventeen. Bad. Yeah, yeah. When you when you look back, and you think like like that could have been so dangerous. Like, but they just had a, a load of injuries. Um, and yeah, the squad was pretty bare. There's always yeah. something though about the mentality of a 17 year old, though, right? That's yeah, you may not be physically there, but like you're such a, you're almost like a psycho to impress people. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was definitely able to impress. I remember going into that game thinking like, I just don't want to miss any tackles. That's what my, was my goal. I don't want to yeah. miss any tackles, and I, I was only on for 10 minutes, and I was, I don't think I've, I've ever been as tired in a game. Just flogged yourself. Just, oh, I just was so fast compared to what I was used to. And yeah. Did you yeah. miss any tackles? No, I didn't. No, yeah. I was pretty happy with yeah, that as well. That. Yeah, yeah. What's it like? That must have been quite a cool experience to have like shared with your old man from like, you know, he was obsessed with it. 
got you in there early, the team he loves, all that shit, and then being able to get up there and debut, what was that experience like? Yeah, well, it was very different to what it is now. So, like, now you get, like, presented with your jersey and it's a big deal, but that that didn't happen. You know, they like, now they, they put on a big display for the families and all that. It's huge, but back then it was just... You're making your debut, yeah, and it. obviously I was, like, I was over the moon. But and so was so so were my parents. But it it, it wasn't the same as what it is now. Yeah. There was no didn't have media managers filming the whole no, thing. Yeah, 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 the, yeah, 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 yeah. There was no in. surprise yeah, yeah, camera yeah, yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, you're gonna make your debut today. Yeah. It wasn't. I, yeah, I don't even think the jersey I got was like embroidered to say like it's your debut. It's it was just, just a, it, it was, was just more. just put your boots yeah, on. Yeah, I remember son. like well, um, our kit man just being like. You know, almost a bit like, well, well I've got to put print out another jersey because over there it's not, it's not the the one to seventeen. It's you get your own squad number. Ah, okay. So I had to get. I think I was thirty one. Really? Um, did you yeah. share any moment with the old man though? Before, like, was did you have anything like that, or is that not like? Was he? I guess was the relationship like that where you yeah. have a moment of being like, holy shit, look at this. I, I, you know what? I actually spoke to him about this a, a, a couple of couple of days ago, and he remembers just how that that was his his proudest moment mm. um, for him, watching his son make his debut. I can imagine. Um, but but for me, I don't know, it was just, like, it, it's it's certainly up there, and you think back to the time, it was, I don't know, I was probably, uh, probably a lot of self-doubt, mm. probably feeling like I didn't really belong. You know, I'd sort of been rushed into it as a matter, it was due to unfortunate circumstances, so... I don't know. It's it's so long ago. I'm sure yeah. if I was to to go back and and really think about it, I, I'd yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty probably. In fact, the overwhelming emotion would have been nerves. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than excitement or pride, it would have just been nerves. It's pr- and I guess as well, like from the it's probably more like the, from a, from your old man's perspective, it's far more of a visceral experience because he's you know lived a whole life and then he's yeah. seen you grow up and it's like. Yeah, it's, it, it smacks you in the face a lot more than when you're just like mm. shitting your pants, basically. Yeah, yeah. If, for him, no doubt, it would have been it would have been amazing. But you know, the, the best thing about my dad is that he wasn't doing it for that. Like, no, nah. he, he he was never taking me to to make my debut in Super mm. League or play in the NRL or or play for England. He was doing it because he, he obviously seen something in me that I just loved it. Mm. Um, and he was never one. He he was like. Again, thinking back after when you have reflection on your career, he was so good for me. Like he never coached me, he never told me what to do. He only he he only ever gave me one bit of advice, and he just said to and it was pretty early on in the piece of, of me starting to play. He said, "Son, don't let me ever see you tie your bootlaces on a field because it really pisses me off." Do what? Tie your bootlaces. So oh. he used to, his pet hate was watching professional players. Have to tie their laces, so he just he he would fume. He was like, "I don't get it." <laughs> what do you mean? What if they well, if they come undone? What do you yeah, you just leave well, them undone? Well, you he, he made me put electrical tape. Oh, tape over them. gotcha. So, so get prepped. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, prepped. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Get that was the one you. thing. <laughs> he he never told me about like you know he'd always say like oh well done for, yeah, yeah. yeah but he'd never be like oh you need to do this or more of this. <laughs> Just don't let me see you with those laces untied. You, did they ever come undone once? You no. go to time and go, no, no, I was no. no, no I, used to, I used to cake them in tape, cake them in it. Never coming undone. <coughs> no. You're saying Definitely how not. you, um, 
like maybe your overwhelming feeling when you first debuted was like you didn't belong or you know did, I guess obviously nerves but yeah you didn't feel like you were belo- you belonged in that sort of environment how long did it take for the, you to feel like you did I don't think I ever did you never did no really no I think that your whole career yeah yeah what yeah, do you I, I always about? I always felt like confident in my ability I always said this as well, like when I was like a teenager, I'd say, oh, I want to make it. I don't really know what that meant, but I never treated myself like I'd made it. Mm. So I think, yeah, I don't, I always felt like I needed to prove myself. Interesting. Always, always, always felt that, like I never felt like I'm comfortable or belong. Yes, I had confidence in my ability and I always, you know, thought that I could go out there and do an excellent job, but I I never felt like comfortable comfortable at all how much do you think that helped your career having that sort of attitude i suppose where you never rested on your laurels you never just went out there with the expectation that you were going to dominate that you know you had to work for everything you got yeah probably probably was quite beneficial i imagine just having that mindset of no i don't belong yet i've got to keep proving myself and obviously you know my attitude throughout my career you know there was was times where it was more focused and, and less focused and it's just human nature, but yeah, ne- I never, and, and I'd like to think I never took my position for granted. Now, not to take a turn to negative town, <laughs> but I'm about to. <laughs> How many grand finals did you lose before? Because I know you won one like at the end. I know there was the yarn around you losing grand finals mm-hmm. before you came to the NRL, but then doing some research, there was like you won one off the bench, and I was like, I thought you never won any until you. No, we we. Well, when I was playing for St. Helens, we, we won the grand final in 2006. And you were playing? I was playing, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That makes play, me feel better. Yeah. I was like, this poor bastard. No, so then we, some we lost 07, 8, 9, 10, <laughs> 11, oh 12, and 14. <laughs> and then yeah. won one in 2020. 20? But yeah. I don't know. But, but obviously, as well, during that time at St. Helens, we won a couple of Challenge Cups, which is a. Can you explain a, the difference there? For people that don't understand. Oh right, the so the Challenge Cup is a a, a knockout competition, mm. but it's it's got credibility. It's not just some because I think the AFL tried to bring something not too dissimilar. <laughs> they had a preseason comp. Yeah, but this is in season. There's a lot of prestige, a lot of history around it. Like there is value to it. You play the final at Wembley Stadium in front mm. of like eighty thousand people, so yeah, it's not just some tokenistic cup. It's like yeah. the FA Cup equivalent, exactly yeah. like the FA Cup. So any like all the local amateur teams enter there. The, the beginning round. So so amateurs can be playing like full blown St. If, Helens. If they get through, yeah. If they get through. Holy hell. I think it has happened actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, where they've gone on a bit of a run, beat a division one team and then they get the draw against one of the big dogs. Far out. Jesus Christ. How was that two thousand six grand final? How old were you then? You uh, would have been quite I think young. I was I just turned twenty. Okay. Yeah, I just turned twenty. And to be honest, I kind of just we had an amazing year that year. We we won we won the Challenge Cup, we le- league, top of the league, grand final. And then the following season as well, we, we beat the Brisbane Broncos in the in World the, Cup Challenge yeah. in 2007. You're kind of just thinking, and then we won the Challenge Cup that year as well. And you're just thinking, well, it's it going to keep well, It's going to we'll, cruise. Yeah, 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 we'll see you at Old Trafford and yeah. we'll be lifting it up again. And Same thing in a way. And probably... How many yeah. so how many straight years after so 06 you, so you lost so 7 8 9 10 11 and then you with obviously came, Helens, came here and lost 12 with Bulldogs and 14 Bulldogs What's that experience like because obviously you're in a successful side right so it's not like you're the Tigers who just a shit no disrespect but like 
you're in a successful team, really good, but you're just like you just cannot seem to get over the line. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating looking back. Like mm. it, it's it never leaves. Yeah, like it, it is frustrating looking back. There's one of those games in particular. You just I was going to ask, is there one where it's like, yeah, yeah it, it was it, it was the, it was the last <laughs> one. It was the 2011 one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> you just go like we we just shouldn't have lost. We. We lost like three outside backs in the last twenty minutes, and uh, then just capitulated. Who are you playing? Leeds. And, oh, in in those grand finals as well. That we lost at St Helens. Uh, okay. Four were to Leeds. Right, and, and you are trials. trials. We there was a big rivalry between yeah. between us. Yeah, we're not not local rivals, but that we were the two, two best teams, teams at the time, yeah. and. Yeah. Like a Melbourne Manly thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Manly I, Seagulls fan. I, I, I know, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And then one of them was against our arch rivals, Wigan, coached by Michael Maguire at the time. That that was pretty tough to take, but but you know, they they were an amazing side at the time. Punters and dribblers, we are brought to you by Neds, the best betting platform in town. Um, tell you what, if you've been following along on my profile, because obviously I've been overseas, so I've just been whacking up my bets for about even on the Neds profiles app you'd see some I, th- I seem to bet better when i'm not around people and i'm just able to eyeball the talent on game day see what's happening it's when i'm able to be as 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 gifted as i think i am so basically what you're saying is it's a lot harder to bet almost a week in advance that is games. what i'm saying yes yeah yeah you know for example you could say it's also a 24 hours before a game though right no, because if you're putting your bets in on Wednesday morning and there's a game Sunday night... There's also a game on Thursday. Yeah, but that, I'm not talking about that one. Right. I'm talking about the other games where maybe, you know, Nathan Cleary doesn't play yep. or Hines doesn't play. Yep. Well, Nathan Cleary did play, but Hines doesn't play. You'd, yeah. You get caught out. You do get caught out. You know? You, you do. You get caught if out. If you're following on my prof is what I'm saying. is yeah. Daddy, they are calling me daddy value. And I didn't come up with that either. It's embarrassing. How many bets you get on the weekend? Two. I got three. <laughs> well... <sighs> But you're not a dad, so they can't call you daddy value. Dad of a dog. Well, you, they could call you doggy style value. Doggy value. I don't know. It doesn't really have the same ring to Why? it as daddy value. You're being pettist. Well, it's not pettist. You aren't a father. I'm father of a dog. No, you're not a and father tonka. of a dog. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Shout out to Neds. We love you. Shout out to Neds. Uh, you can follow our profiles on Neds. You can also join the About Even group um, where... That you know, everyone's sharing their bets in there and shit. I actually followed one of Gurus yesterday, uh, which was a Joey Manu away. Yeah, it didn't get up. No, it didn't. He was very lucky that his unit scooper got up. See, I've got a bone of contention next. If that was me, there's no way I'm getting given those nine units. No, but he's no, but he's got it on, and the bet stands. Yes. So it's live. The bet's right. live. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know that I would be afforded. This is what Tobler and I were discussing anyway in the green room. I know this is still live read. This is a bone of contention. I don't think that I'd be afforded the same graces where apparently I'm not getting... So you think the bet's void altogether? Well, I'm saying you have been robbing me of units even though all my bets were going up last week. No, we robbed you of two bets. Two. Right. You didn't put one up for the Titans game or whatever it was and you didn't do a unit scooper. That was all you robbed But I did the bets. No, you didn't. didn't. You didn't put them up. They weren't on your profile. They weren't there. They weren't on my profile? No. Well, I'm going to... I'll show you. There was one game where there was no profile bet. There wasn't. I went through it last week. You didn't do You didn't do two bets, and you lost fucking well, two Tobler units, told that's me, it. Tobler told me I, none of my, all my bets are void because they're not online. One of them. Okay, so Tobler doesn't even listen. You're right. So that's the problem. That's the problem. We've, we've now uncovered... You didn't do a unit scooper last week. That was void, so you lost a unit. Yep. And then there was one other bet out of eight. Okay, well, so Tobler's lying. Then. Yes. Tobler's lying to you and I. Correct. Well, he's lying on your behalf. Shocking. Thanks, Neds.
Cheers, Nads. Fuck you, Tobber. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Punters and dribblers, it's the most generous podcasters of all here, Tom and Eddie. Here to look after the punter and the dribbler and their drinking needs. Mm. It's still rosé drinking season, we know that. It's worth having a couple of bottles laying around. Yeah, I don't expect you to drink it in the driving rain, but I just went outside and the sun's out, baby. Oh, really? Sun's out, bum's out again, and it's fucking hot out there. I'll be losing the jacket, Tom. Mm. I can promise you that. So you need a couple of cases laying around your digs. You just do. Well, it's certainly when you've got guests, you're entertaining. Hey, come round. A couple of Sheila's come round. You want to be able to crack a bottle yeah. and impress? Yeah. Of course you do. Now, you're going to get 50 bucks off each case if you use the code MANLY. That's a gift from Tom and I at hellosport.shop. Six bottles. You're getting $50 off hellosport.shop. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Be prepared. Yeah. And if you're not prepared, you're prepared to fail. It's not the saying, but it's all right. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Got it. Hellosport.shop. So, you know, you, you're playing at St. Helens and you're losing these grand finals, unfortunately. But when, when does your focus start to shift to the NRL? Was it always on your horizon or was it something that, you know, a scout came over or, or a player manager came over and approached you? How did that all unfold? So what happened, I, I'd, when I was growing up in England, I'd never really been on, I don't think I'd ever been on a plane before. Uh, we'd drive to France for family holidays but then I got picked in this representative team for under-15s to come and play over here. We had like a tour in New Zealand and Australia. And I remember coming to Australia. We, we would have been somewhere in Queensland because I remember them being like these sort of like man-made canals and just being like, whoa, this is so... And it was it was it would have been winter over here because we came in like July or August. Mm. And just being like, wow. And... My obsession level for NRL then was was through the roof. Like went home, I bought like so much gear. Like went home with just a, yeah, who just the, merch. Uh, who was the team then? Like the NRL, just team. everyone. Yeah, right. I, I just, just loved it. I, yeah, just loved it. I think I had, I think I got like uh, a Dragons jersey because I, I uh, loved Mundine and Blacklock. Yeah. Uh, Great selection. Parramatta one, a New South Wales one. So you're uh, a Blues fan at least. What else? I think I had some. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, I, I can't remember. So no, exactly. nothing, nothing from the seagulls. No, no seagulls. I was waiting for you to yeah, say. Yeah, I was sorry, for lads. A sorry. Maybe cliffy Yeah. Well, basically, I remember thinking then, like, oh, if the opportunity ever comes, to, or if you dare to dream about your career, and you mm. go, well, yeah, forget the opportunity to play in the NRL. I'm going to take it. So, yeah, I am. Um, Started my career at St. Helens. Things were going well. It was coming up to like contract time. And I, yeah, I, I, sorry, I'd resigned. And then I always thought, right, at the end of this, I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to go. But they'd signed me. To, it, that would have been nine. Se- that, would, that was my ninth season at St. Helens. One more season, you get a testimonial. You do 10 years. Mm. I was like, fuck. Would have been handy. But I was like, no, nah, I'm going. So, how old are you at that stage? I think I was 25 or just about to turn 20. So, oh yeah, I was 25. So we came out here on a um, Four Nations tour at the end of 2010. Um, I'd already met um, my agent or manager, Dave Riolo, before that. I, I had a, a personal relationship with him through one of the plays at St. Helens. Um, 
And he's like, oh, look, I'll believe you coming over. I'll look after you. Go for a few clubs. Um, so I did. After the, after that tour had finished. and What clubs? Uh, who did we meet? Met with Roosters, Bulldogs. Shock horror. Um, yeah, there's a couple of others. I think Tigers we met with. Um, didn't didn't think about going to the Tigers. Oh, th- thought about it. Yeah, yeah, thought about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did. I did. It crossed your mind. Who else? I can't. I can't remember who else. What what, what experience is that like? Are they whining and dining you? Like are they? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're making they're, you feel nice yeah, and warm and fuzzy. They're out to impress. It, but mm. I, it's, it's so different over here from from the Super League, and I was so naive. Like I was just. Yeah, because cause over there as well, it's like it's it's the owners that are the chairman, but over here it's different. And like the C- I'm like meeting the CEOs, I'm like who's who, like trying to figure out who's who in the zoo, you know? Like, <laughs> like I, I'm just trying to be myself as well, yeah, yeah. but like this is who I am. But you know, you're meeting like important people. I'm just like, Fuck. and I'm just this fucking kid from Liverpool as well, really. Like you're getting wind and dined. Yeah. Probably, I'd hate to think what I wore to some of these restaurants because <laughs> I'm fucking just a scrubber. <laughs> like. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and then I went back, went back home, and yeah, had some. Yeah, basically the the bulldogs were were in pretty key, like they they were the, the keenest. Mm. I'd had some some really good conversations with Todd Greenberg, the CEO at the time. Um, this would have been pre Des announcing yeah, yeah. he was leaving. Hey, yeah. did you know were they like no, his? mate? I I had zero idea. So I signed under Kevin Moore. Um, it, uh, like it's signed, sealed, delivered. Mm. I, I did have some like medical stuff they needed to like check out, but it was all, it was all, it was all done. Yeah, I'd done. Um, I'm watching from over there, like watching like every bulldog game, pretty much. And then, yeah, Kevin Moore got sacked. I'm like, okay, yeah, this right, is the coach who I and we'd <laughs> had, we'd had a bit of interaction, but not a heap. And then he's gone. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, stay positive, stay positive. Are you on the stay phone to your blow over to the agent going, mate, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I, th- I think I was like, oh, who's going to be the coach? And, you know, I'm like looking up like NRL news, like Google searching that all the time, like looking at the Telegraph website, like trying to find, you know, there's all these mm. rumours, who's going to be, like, you, you know, like the speculation is now. Mm. There's also, and actually at the time, um, Daniel Anderson, who had me at St. Helens, was was in the line for the job and I was like, oh, that'd be great. Mm. Like, loved the gaffer. He was, he was, he was so good for me in yep. those impressionable years. He did, like, I owe a lot to Daniel Anderson. He was, he was amazing. So I was like, oh, I, I hope Daniel gets it. Like, that'd be amazing. Like, you know, he knows who I am. Like, he, he was great for me. It'd be great again. But then, yeah, obviously, I think I watched that, that grand final and then, bang, the, the news is coming out. And like, people are asking me, did you know? I'm like, <laughs> were you happy saying that like you, it was Des Hasler at that point like yeah. I was like oh this has kind of turned out for the best here it, it, it was I was I was made up I was like oh that, that's great we've got the, the grand final winning coach yeah. like he's, he obviously knows what he's doing I um it was a tough time for us by the way yeah but yeah, that was a, it yeah. was a really tough time sort of jo- Josh Perry was at St. Helens as well and he was like mate you're gonna love him yeah. I was like oh okay I'll yeah. take your word for it so yeah um, but there was no Things were like radio silent. Like there was not, there wasn't much communication. Um, to be fair as well, like I had a uh, England were playing at the end of the season, so I was trying to concentrate on that. And 
and yeah, flew over here and yeah, met 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 Des. He's an interesting character. Very, very interesting character. Very. And then you come straight out and you're in a grand final straight away. Like, was it a? You obviously haven't spent a whole lot of time in Australia though. So, like, what was it like? Did it take some getting used to, or it's, or was it a relatively easy transition? Oh no! Did you have a family with you or anything? Uh, no, my, my my partner came with me. Um, yeah, she, she was she was really good for me. Mm. Um, like, just I, I'd only ever really lived like just quite close to my mum and dad. So I, I'd be the kid that would like. You know, rock up with mum and dad. Hi, great to see you. Can you just do that washing for me, please, mum? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. All that sort of stuff. So it really taught me, like, I had to grow up and, and pretty quick. Um, and, yeah, just the, the subtle differences. Um, and, yeah, geez, I went through some sunscreen. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you, I mean, I'm shocked that your manager hasn't cut you some sort of sponsorship. Yeah, and I was like. I was pushing for that. But, yeah, geez, that... That that was that took some adjusting. Yeah, for, just for the, the heat generally. Just the heat in. Yeah, and, and and he oh like I'd never trained with sun cream on before. Oh yeah, never. that first preseason must yeah, have been hell yeah, on that, earth. That first preseason. <laughs> My was, God, and, and obviously as well, it's got. We, the, the bulldogs are known for training hard, mm. but I think Dez took it to another level. Right. Yeah. But, so it it was good in a way though because everyone was everyone was suffering. Mm. So it was mutual suffering together. It wasn't just like, oh, this is the standard practice. It was like, oh no, every, this is and everyone bad. was on edge. So I was like, but yeah, it was, and I remember thinking like, this is like way ahead of what I'd done at St. Helens. Just because over there as well, the, the seasons are so long, the pre-seasons are so short mm. and it's cold. A lot of the time, like pitches are frozen over. So like, don't get me wrong, they train hard, but they just don't get to do it for the length of time. Yeah. I just remember thinking like, fuck, this is going on forever. Yeah. What are they, about then, four months pre-seasons? Well, <laughs> start, I started just, um, I came here in early December, was going in for a few weight sessions, like meet the lads, I think we went on a trip to Kayama, um, but no running. And then, yeah, it was like January, February, play trial in March, like eight week block. But mm. that for me is like, that was just, that was, more than double I'd ever done before because in previous years at St. Helens, I'd, we'd start back in January and you're p- playing a trial in week two of January. You, so like, you come back in January, playing a trial a, a week later? Two weeks later, Two weeks yeah. later. And then the first game of the season, start the first week in Feb. So really pre-season, it's just, you know, you, you, it's, it's, on, it's on you to be ready for pre-season. So we go away with the internationals, finish that, have a break, but train in the break. And then, yeah, start back in January, basically two, three weeks, play a trial, week off, ready to play, right? Away What's the go. better, I mean, I assume in terms of like, not just, obviously the experience is way worse doing an NRL preseason, but like, is there, is there a happy medium between the two or do you think that the NRL approach is a better approach? <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's hard to say. I, I think probably a happy medium. Yeah. Um, some of those lads that start the 1st of November... <laughs> That's that's a that's, long that's like long November, story. December, January. Like yeah, they get two weeks off at Christmas, but <laughs> I don't know. Like it, that, it, yeah. If you if you go to a club where they like the the train is really intense and and, and up tempo, yeah, that for me it'd just be hell. You know. Well, you're I assume you're also trying to make a good impression. Oh, absolutely. So it's yeah, like yeah. you're also going as hard as you possibly yeah, can. To yeah, I, I I was I was trying to like you know I, it. Well, everyone was trying to impress. Yeah. 
But even more so if you're coming from yeah, the Super yeah, League and yeah. there's... So, yeah, there was obviously a bit of, I guess, a bit of stigma around yeah. it. English, Super League, you know, uh, not quite sure. Yeah. And, yeah, the, this new this new coach is in, which who's, yeah, everyone's trying to impress. That almost makes it a little better, doesn't it, for you? In that it, it, everyone's it, yeah, trying look, to get looking back, the new coach. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what's the, like, just back to Super League slightly, but, like, you going... Right, like you've got, you're leaving this team, and you're the sort of you're the guy that's been hit up to go play Super League. What's that like? Where you're sort of going later, later, guys? I'm going to play with the big boys comp. <laughs> no, 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 disrespect. <laughs> no it, 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 it wasn't like that. Um, like I, I had a, a lot of a lot of friends that sorry, a lot of lads in that St Helens team. I, we we grown up together. Like we came through the ranks together. Um, and they they probably knew my ambition. There was a lot of piss taking mm. going on, like when. You know, there was an innuendo about oh, it's not innuendo, but like um, chatter like, about whether chatter yeah. about whether it was what I was going to do, or whether it was going to stay, because St. Helens were really keen for me to stay. Um, so yeah, there was just just pretty much banter. But yeah, they yeah they were. But do you think it's the ambition of most players to make it to the NRL? But there's maybe just not the standard isn't isn't quite there. So there's like it's the the cream of the crop that are the ones that are getting scouted. I I don't think it's it, like I say, England's a it's very different. Like we're, we're similar, but we're so different as well. Like the the culture of being, like I said, like being twenty minutes away is a big deal for a lot of people in England. Mm. Where over here, it's nothing. Mm. And most, a lot of people like live in the same town they grew up in, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like the idea of coming to Australia, where you're so far away from that close knit family group, it, it it puts a lot of people off. And it's not just you that's coming; it's partners and kids and stuff as well. So that can be a a deterrent, and the, and to be fair as well, a lot of the clubs are smart over there. They know the best players are going to be approached by the NRL, so they're constantly like upgrade and extend, upgrade and extend, and then they've got the carrot of the testimonial as well. So if you make your debut at nineteen or twenty, if you stay at that club till twenty nine thirty, you get this testimonial. At the and the testimonial is that where you so they just pay, you get a bunch of cash. <laughs> well, like, you get a, you get a year to host events, um, play a game. You get all the res- gate receipts from the game, and then Sheesh. you can do like all these events. So and it, it used to be tax free, but it's not anymore. Devo. So, like that. So if you can, if you can imagine, if you if you make your debut at nineteen, you sign. You, you've got a couple of years. You sign. Oh well, you know you you're thinking oh, I'll go to the NRL in my sort of mid twenties. Then they sign you again. You go really well, but then they upgrade and extend you to like mm-hmm. that nine year mark. It's like well. Stuff. And then they have the carrot yeah, of the, the testimony. Yeah. So that was a big. That was big for you saying no to that then. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I ju- it was for me. It was just. I, yeah. It, that it's not. What, it's not what was motivating me. Money mm-hmm. is the is the money, without having to go into specifics, but like drastically different for you. Was it from St Helens to the NRL? Was it like were you getting significantly more? I, I was getting slightly more. Right. Slightly more. So not weight. not a crazy difference. No, not crazy yeah. difference. No. no, no. At the time, it was it was slightly more, but uh, but uh, like I was told, like if you come out here and play really well, mm. like that's when you that's when you can that's when you can be. Well, you did play really well. That's also must have been quite a, uh, well, like quite a satisfying feeling of how quickly you came in and were like one of the best players in the competition. Yeah, well, I, that was my that was my goal. To, to come over here, I wasn't just coming over here to just make up the numbers. I, I wanted to be successful. Um, I wanted the club I was at to be successful as well. Like, I'm a pretty passionate guy. Like, I care. Mm. Uh, I care about 
my level of performance and the team lo- the team that I'm representing's level of performance as well. So uh, I want I wanted to do that, and probably my style was a a little bit different compared to you know the traditional front rower. But I, what do you I, think that difference is for people that don't necessarily understand the yeah? So ones? I guess the the traditional front row would be you know like a, a battering ram, like basically just. Human you, shield. You, you use their brute force to get the team forward and, and out of trouble. And um, like I needed to do that at times, but I didn't have, I didn't have the the physicality or the genetic potential to be the strongest player. But what I did have, I had a work ethic. I was, I'd like to think I was one of the best conditioned. Uh, I worked on my footwork. I I understood the game, and I had. I th- I think I had a decent level of skill and an understanding mm. of the game, and also I encouraged my teammates to exploit areas of opposition's weakness, which would be through a pass. But they had to, I had to, they had to earn. Sorry, I had to earn their trust in me. Then I'm not going to throw them a shocker. Mm. So there's a lot of work that that goes into that. But that was that was me. It was more footwork and skill rather than just a pure battering ram, um, which. You know, at, at that time, probably wasn't as in vogue as, as what it is now. It became like the thing of like the out the back to you. Was that the sort of thing? They're like yeah. out the back of the thing to you, and then you'd give the pass, and it was like the whole Des. Yeah, well, well, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't just me. To be fair, it like Des. I, I used to do that play a lot in England, um, and 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 Des was was happy for us as a group to do it. So it wasn't um, like a Des idea necessarily as much oh, as it I was. Think, I, I can't remember how it sort of... Des been stealing, riding on your coattails. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> how it actually it came it's about. But there, 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 there was, yeah, 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 he's been claiming that. Yeah, Des, Des has there. been just saying quietly. There was myself, Cassiano, uh, Tolman had decent hands, Corey Payne, Dave Fanukin came through. We, we were all comfortable with the ball. And Cassiano was, was was very good, so he he like it, I think he he was always that short passer as well a little bit. So I think what Des did was he he saw where our strengths were and it, and how to exploit opposition through a, a short passing game or or out the back to then you know Frankie Pitchard on an edge was um yeah it it, it seemed to work well and we we were all comfortable we all trusted each other we all knew our roles. Um, and yeah, that's where I guess it, it, it took off and, and sort of what I was known for when I first came. What footy do you play with over there in Super League? Is it, it's not a Steedon, is it? Yeah, yeah. It is a Steedon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you felt comfortable with the Steedon in the hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the Monopoly on the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Monopoly on the market. Yeah. I was just wondering if it was like a Kookaburra Duke sort of situation <laughs> where uh, yeah, yeah, James yeah. came over and really liked the way the Steedon moved through the air. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, that's interesting. You were saying before that you never felt like you truly belonged, but like... This kid who grows up in Liverpool, plays for St. Helens, dominates, wins a man of steel, then comes to the NRL, which is like the Premier League of, of Rugby League, and he won the Dallium front row of the year. Was that 2014? That was 14. Yeah. yeah. Even then, were you a lot like, mate, I'm... Yeah, look, look I... Did you ever get high on your own supply? You ever <laughs> yeah. sit there and be like, look, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm doing all right. Even like, just to yourself. Quiet moment in the shower. Fuck, I'm good. I remember, I, no, 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 not like that. I remember just singing like, "Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really happy with how today went, like yeah. playing in a game." But yeah, yeah. I'd like to think I never took it for granted though. It was yeah. Like, right. What's what's next? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's what's next? What's Impressive the, what's the next though. Job? 
Very impressive. How did you find the physicality? Is there a massive difference in physicality? Because there's like some of these Islander boys are so big and strong. And do you have to enjoy it? Because <laughs> I just couldn't think of anything worse, right? Like I, I assume the adversarial nature has to be something you kind of want. I, I guess for me it was always like, well, what's the alternative? <laughs> Like, yeah, what else don't play. Don't, yeah, don't play. Like, <laughs> people say that about like, oh, you played so many games. I'm like, well, what else was I supposed to do? <laughs> like, yeah, you did get through it. Like, you got what, over 400. What was the final number? Uh, I, I genuinely don't know. Because it's 400 something, but like... 423, I think. Everyone's somewhere. here, Cam Smith this, Cam Smith that. And here's James Graham yeah. doing much tougher work. Tougher work. <laughs> in the middle. Tougher work. Yeah. Cam, Cam's technically like in the middle, but like, you know. But yeah, but, but, but coming over he's here, hiding behind people. Yeah. <laughs> but coming over here, there, there was a there was a, a clear jump in class. Right. Um, as, you know, back home, the, there's not as much talent playing. We don't, like talented athletic people. Um, so there's a big difference between the best and the worst. But over here, I found the competition a lot more even. It was like, so it was a it was a week to week real tough competition mm. where you had to be, you know, knocking out sort of eight or nines a, a week in, in order to to try and play well and really focusing on the job. And um, we're back home. There was a couple of teams that, not you, you had to respect, but you could get them beaten in, in the first 15, 20 minutes and right, sort of put the cue on the rack a little bit. Mm. Now. Obviously, as we've said, you know, the, the grand final didn't go f- your way in 2012 or 2014. What's the difference in a Mad Monday from, like, a grand final celebration to a loss? Like, what's that sort of... Do, do you, is there a point in the evening where you go, all right, who cares, let's just rip and tear? I think it, it, it's it's certainly... Ju- yeah, you, you do end up having, having a, a, a decent time, but just... Just pretty in the def- air. Pretty def- deflating. I feel like you relive it in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Every time nah, nah. I, I, I think you just go like, like <laughs> what Whitney Houston didn't, we almost have it all. You know? like, <laughs> so close. So close. Again. Bastard. And again. Bastard. Which do you think was the best <clears throat> team you played in at the Bulldogs, the 2012 or 2014? Or like which grand final hurt more? Or are they both? Oh, mate, they, they all hurt equally. Yeah. It's hard to differentiate. They were just like you just had. You came like they were both good teams. Was there one that you the, know the, you felt like the season deserved yeah, the premiership the probably, more? Probably the, the season of twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. We um, it was a surprise really because I don't think anyone Picture anyone her. fancied us at the start. Obviously, Des came in, but um, no, that was that was a tough one. But I mean, that's it. It's, yeah. it's a tough competition, and the stars have got a lot of line, and you got to get things to go your way and. Yeah, I guess that's life. It's football, but you know, uh, I think again in, in reflection, probably pretty. I don't like the word proud, but um, yeah, pretty happy that we, we showed the all the, all the teams that I played for showed the character to, to to get up and keep going and and carry on and come back next year. It must have been in interest it must have been interesting like you make the grand final for the bulldogs in 2012 you're this kid from liverpool now you're in the bankstown area very multicultural we've put we've talked to josh reynolds before we've interviewed him and he was talking about how in the lead up to the grand final i can't remember which year it was was it 14 i think it might have been 12. might have been 12. he was saying like they went out he went out onto the streets the night before and all was, the streets yeah. were closed and people have got drums going and that flares was, that like was 14. yeah where it was just bananas was that you must have been like, yeah, where am I? We didn't have anything like that. <laughs> yeah. So 
obviously like you basically in England you you turn up to the to the ground and there'd be fans waiting for it like Old Trafford where the game is going to be all Wembley. You know, two hours before kickoff. Look at the yeah the the, the mo- like grand final week. Go to training on the Monday, and you know our little local coffee shop that we went to, Joe Bell's. We can't get a park. We can't <laughs> get anywhere. It's like, you know, what are all these people doing here? Mm. Like, game's not till Sunday, guys. Like, <laughs> chill out. But they were just loving it. Yeah, yeah. you know, people chose videos of, like the night time, just going just, psycho. just going nuts. Like, yeah, I remember Josh like, told some story of him like riding on the roof of cars. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Lifting think, him up well, and just like all I think this he was the only shit. one that actually lived in Belmore. So, Reynolds will just yeah, he'd go for a cruise and yeah, yeah, ride the wave. <laughs> I bet. What was the? Uh, um, I guess just the general sort of like celebratory atmosphere of a rugby league club. Like, what's that? Like, is there any difference from, you know, coming from from over there or to here or just generally, like, what are your memories of those times? Because I think sometimes they can be, if, I feel like these days a bit of it can be overly scrutinised or, you, I mean, certainly around your Mad Mondays, people were looking for to try and catch you out. But what were your sort of good memories of, of those times? Oh, well, like, when it comes to, to, to Mad Mondays, like, no one cares about that in England. Like, you just bunch of random men in the pub having a beer on a Monday yep. but there's a few local characters as well which was always fun to, to chat with we actually had one we we were in this in this pub in St. Helens and um, th- there was a w- like it was, it was Monday like midday and then they started setting up for this wake like a <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like oh we'll go and they were like no no just stay <laughs> We're all eating sandwiches, and they, <laughs> oh, the, the family were made up. It was some, he was like, "No, no, he was a big Saints fan. He would have loved this." <laughs> oh my so, god! That was, um, yeah, in a pub called the Grove. It's not there anymore. <laughs> it's nice you could have well, done yeah. that for him. That's nice. Yeah. So the, yeah, the fa- like we were all like, "Aren't oh, like?" It wasn't me. I think it was like a few of the sensible heads were like, "Right, come on, lads, we're going." But then, yeah, no, 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 just, just stay. So, yeah, we stick around. We stayed. Right, free yeah. sandwiches. I think you can't send sent someone off. But oh man, I've got I've got so many fond memories from from all my times there. I, yeah, there was some some difficult times. Mm. Some, but I think there's benefit of, of hardship. And yeah, there's some moments there that I guess you, you didn't enjoy, but. That's just that's just part of it. I think it. it I don't necessarily like. N- no one goes through life with a red carpet, and it's all, you know, all pats on the back, and mm. it's all positive. You got to go through some of those shit times to to realize who you are and and, and improve as a person, and 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 also and also you realize who who's actually there for you as well. So, um, but yeah, the, I had so many good times. Like, like I say, just you know, grew up a pretty normal life and then I got to come over here and, and, and play a sport that I love um, play a sport that I love in England we went to America and played like I've had some I've had some unbelievable times and it's yeah I, I'm forever grateful for, for what the game has has given me the opportunities it presented to me and it, the opportunities that it's going to look like to continue pres- to present me as well did you win a man of steel? I did yeah yeah, for those that live under a rock, it's the Dalian of the Super League. Many do many fr- like forwards win that award. Front rowers, is it? Is it? It's because I mean, it doesn't. 
really happened in Australia. Tamalola is like the one that comes to mind as like the biggest dude who's ever. Does it have many Fords won it over there, or are you a bit of an outlier think, in that I sense? I think I think there's a couple. Yeah, there's been a couple of. How, how old, far into your career was it when you won that? I think I was 23. Jeez, so like not long into the career, you're the best player in Super League. Well, yeah, as the as the award would suggest. As the award would suggest. Mm. That's that's incredible. Do yeah, you, I, well, you, I, I was I was really I was really pleased with that because it, it's not one of the, it's not like the three two well back then. It wasn't a three, two, one. It was a vote, so it was, yeah, it was pretty cool to get voted by your peers. And so the, the peer, peer, right? The, so they all vote. So yeah, them. you, yeah, you basically you got, um, yeah, you do your three, two, one. Yeah. At, at the end, like a, I think at a week before the season finishes, every team gets like a bunch of papers, and then they you can't vote for anyone in your own team. So, oh, that was cool. So that's like, wow. Yeah, it was pretty. Like, what do you do with that? What What is the man of steel? What's it look like? Uh, you get a trophy. You get a trophy. Yeah, it's sitting in mum and dad's hallway now. Oh yeah, like a lot of the other things. Yeah, <laughs> is that where all your your sort of awards go? Um, yeah, I think mum and dad have got most of them. Yeah, the other ones that are, I'm not really one of them lads that's got like memorabilia around the house. I've got a f- few things in the office, but nothing crazy. I don't know. I don't need a piece of metal to remind me of. The good times. Did your old man show it off? Did you get his mates over from the pub and look at this? <laughs> Check this thing out. Check I this thing out, mate. No, they, they they just they treat me pretty normally. Like yeah. you know, it's in it's in the hallway as you as you walk in, but like it's just in amongst all like other random trophies from when I was like 15, 16. So I'd gesture to it. Mm. If I was your old man, I'd be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean. Get the boys over and such. Get the boys over. So Bulldogs for five years, I think, off the top of the head. Six, maybe. Yeah, five or six. Yeah. And then on to St George Dragons. How how did that decision come to come to be? Was it was it a difficult one to make, or just a, another step in the journey? No, look at the at the time, it, the the dogs were under a tremendous amount of salary cap pressure, um, and it was suggested to me I needed to go. Okay. Interesting. Um, I don't know how much you would like want to get into that sort of a, but like being there five years, two grand finals, you know, all the things. Captain as well. Captain. How does that play out? Like without naming who it is, but like, are they just, they suggest that you should go, which basically means if you don't, we're going to get rid of you. No, because legally, like I guess, like fundamentally I could have stayed. I I was contract, I was contracted to stay for another year. But, um, and, I, the Bulldogs, we were going to miss the finals for the first time in my, since my time there. I was pretty determined to want to be a part of the solution. Mm. And then, yeah, like I say, it was probably suggested to me, like, it was more, we need you to go rather than we'd like you to go ba- based on the, the salary cap. Can uh, you say who makes that suggestion or you prefer uh, not to out them? No, no well, it... it no, I, I'd, I'd prefer yeah, not yeah, to. That's fine. That's um, fine. But it, like, they, like basically, it was like, look, we, 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 we're way over the cap for next year. Yeah. So how does it? Are you like, okay? How the fuck that happened? Like, well, are you like, well, now you're asking me to go. Like, kind of be like, well, that's not my problem. Yeah. But then, I, I sort of, I thought about it and was like, well, yeah, maybe it's maybe maybe it's time for a change. But 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 I think it's important. To, I never went seeking a change. Yeah, 
maybe in, in hindsight I needed one um, and it did me a lot of good but yeah when I was yeah I was I was pretty good to to, to be leaving yeah um, and yeah but but again I, like I understood it I took it like a man and like I was I was very upset when I was like I, I remember that the, f- the final game and like announcing it to my teammates I was waterworks mm. like I was I was gutted I can still I can still remember being in that changing room and Yes, they said like, "Oh, James has got a, a few words," and I, I think most people knew it was coming. But I don't know if they just thought, oh, it's the last game of the season." He's just going to thank everyone. But yeah, it was, it's it's crazy. Like I say this all the time. Like the, it's a made up game with made up rules, but <laughs> it makes grown men cry. Yeah, and it's it's so it's so bizarre because even now, like looking back, like why would you, like, why would you get overly emotional over that? You just. You're still seeing everyone. It's just you just moving yeah, around yeah, the organization, but it does. On, though, but right? it, but it, does, but it does. It, 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 I was yeah. I was waterworks in in that in that changing room at the end of the game. How but, long did it take to like, get the sour taste out of your mouth of that experience? Yeah, I, I, it's it's one of them where you just like you you let everyone know, so it's a weight off. Uh, and actually, that that last game was against the Dragons, the team I was going to. So. It was that was oh, you already knew you were going. Yeah, yeah. yeah I already, I'd already agreed to go to the Dragons, but was trying to keep it as, as quiet, quiet as possible. But you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone about that the other day. That like, so media speculation was, oh, James Graham's going to the Dragons. I, they knew before I knew, because <laughs> I got asked. And I was like, yeah. no, I've not spoke to them. I, I promise you, now I've not spoken to them. What they, what they knew, well, what they knew is that they were going to talk to you. That the Bulldogs were. Met, like the Bulldogs cap was a mess. They knew that the Dragons needed a front rower. And someone from the Dragons had said, yeah, of course we'd like James Graham. Yeah, so right. they've just gone. And that's well, been bad. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, all yeah. it is. Because yeah. <coughs> they do the deal for you, yeah. seriously. Well, like, it, it, you know, they, they've, it doesn't take Einstein to figure it out. Like, because it was so late in the piece as well. You know, for, for salary cap, yeah. there's only a, you know, that, that was probably for me the, the disappointing thing is, I felt like I didn't have the time to to, to process the fact that I was gonna I was gonna leave. I felt a bit rushed, mm. um, but you know, I, again, I I didn't leave the club bitter or or resenting them or pissed off. Like, could it have been handled? Be- could it have been handled in a way that suited me better? Yeah, but at the same time, I understood the positions of the people. That were making those calls, calls and responsible for those calls. Why perhaps they weren't, you know, giving me the information that that would have suited me. Yeah. Like they were, they had their reasons, and I, looking back, I respect those reasons. But selfishly, I would have liked to have known. Do you think it's selfish longer. though? Like it's not really selfish on your part, isn't? It? Like it's the salary caps yeah. mismanaged to a point that they've let it get so out of control. They've got to like late notice sort of ask you to go. Yeah. Oh, it's not you being selfish as much. No, I feel like well. NRL clubs get a pass where it's like, they're all good to move on players mm. and to move on coaches. But if a player wants to move early or a coach is like, then they're sort of made to seem like pariahs. And, you know, yeah. but the NRL clubs seem to be able to just sort of go, well, this is, sorry. Yeah, no, look, I, I get it. But I, like, I, I don't want to focus on that. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I think that, I yeah, just want to like, don't call yourself selfish. I don't no, think okay, yeah, well, yeah, no. I mean, well, yeah, from my point of view, I would have liked to have known a lot earlier. Yeah, 
and then you know selfish I, I would have yeah selfish, <laughs> selfish. yeah you know selfish. like the skipper no doubt yeah, 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 yeah. give me, give me time to, to, to process it <laughs> yeah and, and like i am a i like a plan yeah like um but yeah like you know so there was a a couple of options there went met with um paul mcgregor who was i, I loved meeting him mm. like he really he was the one that that sold the club and the vision to me um, how does how does that go like is this is this do you go out for dinner or lunch do you go in for a meeting like how is the vision sold we've well, talked in the past about maybe uh coaches use powerpoint presentations is there anything like that like was there star wipes star wipes and stuff yeah well <laughs> look i i was very conscious of i didn't want to be seen with them by the media by, yeah by anyone yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I didn't the, want, the grainy I, yeah, Nokia 30, yeah, yeah. 15 <laughs> i was i was very conscious of that so i was like you can come over to my house yeah like come come over here because the yeah I, and i'm not saying anything and obviously there's already rumors uh, rumors out there but it's like look i'd appreciate if you guys don't and i get why clubs do that with the, oh, let's meet somewhere they'll get someone to snap a photo and it's positive pr for them shows their fans and members that they're trying to trying to trying to acquire some talented players so you reckon that's all clubs when you see a grainy footage of Reed potentially Marnie, like in a chinese restaurant and you're like i love it God, i love rugby. I love it and i love how it's always on like a nokia 3315 yeah, like know. it's it's the equivalent of when someone thinks i've seen a big cat in the blue mountains it's like yeah. does yeah. the live in the blue <laughs> yeah. mountains you're like yeah. well I'd yeah. love or a yeti or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i yeah so th th they came over um do you put the kettle on how does that i, th I would have offered them a cup of tea yeah <laughs> for sure um liverpool charm yeah that's <laughs> right that's right but so like are you talking about what the roster looks like at the type of footy you're going to play how you're going to fit yeah, in is that sort yeah, of chat? All, all those sorts of questions like you know are we are we making any other signings um yeah what, what, where do you see me fitting in is there anything uncomfortable about those conversations where like oh. you kind of got us obviously you got a manager who's selling you as well but like you know you haven't asked it's, it's almost like when a friend goes like, oh, yeah, you want to come to the pub? And it's like, well, who else is going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it is. It is very awkward. <clears throat> it, it's, it is so awkward. Yeah. And I think as well, like, they – so that – I actually didn't sign until that week. So that – and they – it was a strange situation. So the Dragons, if they won, they were going into the semis. Ah. But if they lost and they think the Cowboys won, they would get the jump on them. So we were playing them that week and we were playing for nothing. But and they, he, he was trying to focus on that. And yeah, it was, it was, did, you, did they win? No, Bulldogs beat them. <laughs> <laughs> and did they miss the A? Yeah, well, yeah, that, yeah, was, that was the year. Remember the Cowboys? I think they were flying back from New Zealand and it was like, oh. Oh, when they landed, no, yeah, yeah, they, they, they found out the dragon. Oh, they found out yeah, the dragon. Right, right, right. They were in the final, <laughs> and they went on to make this, the the. That GM. was the oh, so that was the was that twenty seventeen? Is that yeah, when yeah, Melbourne? Yeah, uh, that's right. Wow, yeah. that was a run, wasn't it? Yeah, they like, had like a sort of mismatch side, didn't they? There was heaps of injuries. First one was out. First one was, so was out. Yeah, Michael they, Morgan. If 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 the the dragons beat the Bulldogs, which they should have done, <laughs> then cows don't make the final. Yeah, they made the grand final from eighth. Yeah, 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 right. Without Thurston. Without JT. Crazy. So you you left Dragons and had like a 12-game stint with St. Helens? Yeah. How'd that come about? Well, that was the, the 2020 season. Um, obviously, the the COVID shutdown. Look, 
my, my, my time at the Dragons, 2018, went really well. I thought we should have won the comp. I thought we were the best team oh, in the competition. Really? Uh, we lose Gareth Widder, Paul Vaughan, uh, and then we lose to Souths by point, and we lost Tarek Sims in that game as well. Um, but I thought if we were fully fit, I thought we could have gone on to win it. And the lots of things that happened that year that just the stars just didn't align, and it is what it is. And you got to you got to move on. 19 was poor. I was really confident going into 2020. Start the season, we lose two. Season shuts down for COVID. Okay, okay, it's all right. We're gonna we're gonna come back. First two games after the season starts, obviously super excited. We lose the first two, and I'm like, oh, what? I, 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 we, I think we lost to the Bulldogs, and like my head had gone, like gone. Mm. I remember poor old Tyson Brazil was, like I was in the car with him. And I was just like, man, I'm, f- I'm f- I think I'm done. I think I'm really? done. Like, I, he's like, man, be all right. Like, just was it the the confluence of everything? COVID, losing. Well, I, I knew I was coming to the end. Mm. Like, I wasn't sure if I was going to play again, and. I was pretty conscious of the impact my the career, the amount of games, the amount of collisions mm. I'd had on me as a person and like my future health outcomes. And ultimately I decided that I'd put a line through the cause of the Dragons in 2020. Yeah, I didn't believe we could win the competition, which is what I was planning to do. Um, this was the last year. I was like, what, what's the point in me continuing on? For us not to have an opportunity to mm. to win the grand final, mm. so I, was like, I might as well just cut shut now, rather than, you know, risking ri- further. risk further damage or like, and and also risk embarrassing myself because if I don't care, like I'm a passionate, caring guy, like I love the game. If I'm not committed to the cause, then what's the point? Like mm. they don't need, they don't want me out there. It's better to give some young lad a chance, mm. and I'm not prepared to risk it. So. Actually, I called one of my best mates from back home, Paul Wellens, who was a former teammate of mine. And he goes, and I said, mate, I think I'm done. And he's like, what, for next season? Like, at the end of the season, I was like, no, now. And and actually, St. Helens was speaking to me about 2021. And he was like, you sure, mate? Because I was like, mate, I can't wait that long. I was like, I, 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 I am done. And he goes, well, actually, you know, there's a spot here. And I was like, what do you mean, mate? Because Luke Thompson is at the Bulldogs now. I knew he'd sign for the Bulldogs in 2021, but he was he was leaving to come to the Bulldogs halfway through that season. Right. So he informed me of that because it wasn't public knowledge <coughs> yet. And I was like, oh. He's like, would you come for the rest of 2020? Well, yeah. Like, okay, so then obviously I had to talk it through with the family. Um we had COVID going on. I had to get permission off the club to leave, and it and it finally got sorted out. But it wasn't it wasn't all smooth sailing. Like traveling across the world during the COVID, ta- yeah. at the best of times yeah. is difficult. Yeah, but traveling during COVID was like insane and quarantines there and all that. No, we didn't have to quarantine there. We quarantined when we came back. For two weeks in the hotel, but kids, you well, got kids, yeah, you got two girls. Is that like one of the great, oh. I got two girls. Is that one of the great shit shows all time? Being uh, children, it, or is it, it not it, too bad? It, it was, it had a t- yeah, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough carry. <laughs> it was a tough, that was yeah. a, that was like, is that the toughest know, carry of your career? Yeah, that's like, you know, the wingers just 
sneaked out the in goal, like you know the old I've dove over oh, and then yeah, yeah, you're yeah. the only one back there. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like <laughs> two <laughs> weeks and two man. and you do it for two weeks. Yeah. Um but no, so when we so you have to, like I'm English, right? I'm here in Australia. I had to apply to leave. We we all as a family had to apply to leave Australia. Couldn't just go. Mm. So I'd applied. It says it takes like um, 14 to, to 28 days to get your application through. So I'd done it all. Still not come. I'm like, fucking hell. Like, I'm flying on the Monday at like nine o'clock. Thursday, I get an email from the Australian government. Your application to leave Australia has been rejected. <laughs> no explanation as to why. No follow up. Oh it's just like it's been rejected. And. You know, I'm pretty emotional. <laughs> I was ah, like trying to call Pete. Like I was yeah. in a state of panic. Like I'm rejected. Yeah. Like it's being like, what's going on? Like what? You know, people go, why? I'm like, it doesn't say, does it? <laughs> like you know, I, I like just calm down. We'll sort it anyway. Um, like I'm and I'm making calls, and they're like, well, we can't help you. You just have to reapply. I'm like. My flight is booked on Monday. The house is someone's coming to live in the house on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not good. Yeah. Like, we're in the middle of a pandemic as well. So it's not like I'll just go and stay at whoever's. Yeah. Like, or or, or get a hotel. It was like, nah. You couldn't do it. We anything, need yeah. to get this solved now. And I'm on the phone, emailing. Anyway, I get we got got the email with the permission to leave. Uh, just a little bit after one o'clock in the afternoon on Monday, and we were flying that night. So it wasn't smooth sailing at all. And you can and did you get ever get any understanding as to why they rejected it no, in the first place? No, Just. not enough info. We literally sent them anything and everything that we had about what we were doing. Like, le like, but we'd already put like a significant number of documents together. Yeah. Not enough. With not, an but obviously not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then when we flew there. Like obviously, face shielded up to the nines, masks on, like fifty different tests. You, when you like checking in, you, there was no one there checking, but mate, the process was like two and a half hours. Sheesh. Like you had to you had to check in, then you had to go to the government place. They'd make a call, then you had to get like I thought we'd fly through. Because no. the yeah, because the airports would be empty. Honestly, it was like there were so many checks checks in place to make sure you weren't trying to just what a weird experience jump. It, and then we get on the plane we're on this huge qatar airways like jumbo jet the one that you that you'd see or you get on now and there was 15 people on including staff 15 people yeah wow. do they put you up the pointy end or you no, still they, sit they, up the back got, are would, you kidding me i know we're like can we go in business we're like we can't let yeah i'm like what <laughs> why not why not <laughs> like uh you didn't pay for business class well that's that's that. what they said like, you can't because you, you've not paid and i think there was like one person in business that had paid business what? Like, that is just such... i know that is ridiculous. To they probably fair, came up with some waiting yeah. thing. Like, oh, yeah. it's not waited. As oh, if to, to be to be fair though, like they looked they looked after us, and like you know, we just sure. But I mean, it would have been yeah. nice. To, oh, it would have like, been nice to like, in a seat. A, a like proper, it's a long flight. Yeah, you know, a proper bed would have been that would amazing. Heaven would have been nice. But, um, yeah. Anyway, oh, well. so, you, so you get through all of that. Uh, you finally get home. What was it like walking back into your old club? Uh, bizarre. Yeah. So it been it been. Yeah, like nine years. Mm. 
So I Do you think, get a testimonial? Is that like your tenth year? No. Oh, I, I guess could I could, I could potentially. <laughs> could potentially. Was it nine and a half? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, what was it like? It, it it was strange because from since I'd left, there was only probably three players there that I'd played with that remained. That remained. I, I knew a few of the lads um, from England. A couple. I knew a few lads from like being around the traps, but it was like. You know, I had to be very self-aware not to be the person I was when I left. You kind of had to be like the new guy again. Yeah, and just, you know, I knew I couldn't mention NRL. So there is a bit Why of that, is like, that? big doggy Why? sort of like... Because it would have been like, ooh, NRL! Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh really? You know, like, yeah. I, I just refused to mention it, like, because I just knew I'd get, like, yeah. the shit oh, ripped out. So, that is, yeah, so yeah, that is yeah. a thing. Oh, well, it's... It is, but it's just like, it's, you know, it's just lads being lads. Yeah, yeah, and yeah I'm just with you. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're saving yourself from bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, I, I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd be like, coffee's so much better than Sydney. You know, like, fuck off back then. Yeah, just, just I, I did have to be, and, and also, I, I was coming back to like, earn the, like, I, They'd shown a lot of faith in me, Christian Wolf, Mike Rush, um, they'd shown and the leadership group they'd shown a lot of faith in me. So I didn't want to come back and be you know, I left when I was twenty six, bit of a jack the lad, you know, like pretty influential character. Um yeah, I, I, I couldn't be like that. I had to I had to I had to fit into the because the culture changed a lot. Mm. So I had to fit into the culture. Um yeah, I couldn't just be like, Oh, this is what we used to do. Yeah, like, this is how it's no, done no, no, I need to find out how you guys do it and I'm going to fit into this system. Do you... That seems like you're quite self-aware then in that regard, right? Like, I don't know. I imagine it's not like a... That's not necessarily a default thought process for people. Do you... Do you see that you maybe are a bit more, like, considerate in that sense than maybe some other people who are just like, boys club, here we are, I'm back. I was, I was the king when I left. Yeah, I guess... I, I just knew I just knew the level of importance of it in this situation. Yeah. I really knew it was like I was I was going back for an opportunity to win a, a competition. My, my, I knew my career was ending, so I was just going to give it all I got. And mm. for me, the best opportunity to do that was to act in the way I did. Yeah. So I didn't want to mess that up. So um, yeah, but again, it was it was strange. We obviously with all uh, well, this, they actually when I left, the season hadn't even been confirmed that it was going ahead. I, I had it on on good trust. In the CEO, he's like, no, no, we are coming back, but it what it wasn't guaranteed. Like mm. COVID could have took another turn for the worse. Mm. So, uh, and like the COVID numbers over there compared to over here were just insane. So we're in and out of lockdown, like getting things ready for like a new house and all that. It was it was so bizarre. And then going into going into to train, and we went, we were like they had all different groups and wiping down equipment. They were filming all. You couldn't stand close to it. You couldn't shake hands. It was just, it, it was, yeah. It like, must have felt kind it, of stupid at points where you're like, we're tackling each other. Yeah, yeah. Shit. There was like, a, there was a, a lot of that. Hang on, we we can't shake hands. Yeah. But yet we're actually going to do some contact work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make much no, sense. No. Does so, it? Uh, look, and you know, I, I owe a lot to the St Helens fans. I, I, I would have loved to have, you know, played in front of them, but it, but it wasn't to be. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we, but yeah, it was. I was, like, yeah, I, I, I'd gone from 
I never want to play again to, oh, I can't wait to play for this club now. That's cool. Yeah. Can you explain, so like the way you won that grand final was quite ridiculous though, wasn't it? Like the fin- the final moments, how did that exactly play out? Yeah, so you got to set the scene a little bit. There's so many subplots. Um, St. Helens Wigan is like one of the biggest derbies in, well, no, it, in fact, for me, it's the biggest derby in rugby league in England. Um, you know, lots of like, Really close towns, close to each other. Um, anyway, playing the playing the grand final, we 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 were all over them in the beginning, like absolutely all over them. But we just couldn't score. And then we had one took off. Then we kicked a couple of penalty goals. I think we went four nil up. They scored four all, missed the conversion. So it's four all. There's like two minutes left, not even like ninety seconds. No, yeah, about 90 seconds left. They get a penalty. We concede the penalty on, like, the 45. So they're going to have a shot at goal for two points to win the, like, basically shut the game out. And just How long to go, sorry? There's, like, less than a minute. Okay. Yeah, there's less. Right. By the time he took the conversion, there was less than a minute. It's so I'm just going... Again. <laughs> You're getting filmed as well. I'm pretty sure this yeah, is like, oh, okay. like hello familiar feeling. Yeah. Like, we made again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, oh this is brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, he missed the conversion. We uh one of our players caught it on like the try line, so he was just off. So we start like clocks ticking. I'm just thinking, right, let's get to the end of this set and we'll See you in extra time. Anyway, like one of the things Christian Wolf was really good at was training for chaos. So we, we'd always practice training for chaos. So we were quite accustomed to being in this situation, just a lot of situational situational training. Mm. You you know, at the end of session, the first team versus the reserves would, would play out a situation. He'd throw it out there mm. and you gotta play that way. So anyway, we make our way up the field. Our, our left winger, Tommy Makinson come in to take the field goal that's the plan Tommy as like you, literally as he so fourth play someone's took it in Roby's passed the ball to um, Tommy Makinson the buzzer sounds so the so this is the last play of the game like when the ball is dead that's it Tommy Makinson's nailed this like he is sweet as a nut how far he, out is he he was probably like 40 meters Oof. out like this is it, and it looks for all money like it's going over. He's actually gone off and done the like uh, the celebration. Yeah, the he's, yeah. he's he's shot his bolt and <laughs> he's he's off celebrating away. Hits the hits the post, <laughs> bounces down. The Wigan fullback misses it. Our chasers have got caught up, and young Jack Wellsby has scored a try. And then everyone's going off, but obviously it's going to the video ref. Yeah. So I'm just like. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's what I remember. Like, You're like, oh, chill, 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 chill. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. We might have extra time in a minute, lads. Yeah. Like, let's not get too pumped up. Whoa. Yeah. Like, I am. I am not gonna. I'm not gonna be one of those. I, like, no one likes being embarrassed. But if you can help it, like, I don't want to be. Like, yeah, going yeah, off, yeah, and then yeah. it's like, oh, no try. They kick. The, they win <laughs> the game. They and win. Like, you had this moment yeah, of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. unlucky. That sort of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, I am just gonna calm down. I'm just gonna wait. I'm not going to celebrate until I see the three letters T-R-Y on that screen. So as I'm sitting there, 
like it was kind of difficult to see the screen. And then I could hear the Wigan players go, he's offside, he's offside, <laughs> yes. And there's no crowd either. So normally the oh, crowds are a pretty right. good gauge. Yeah. Like if one set of supporters start cheering, then you kind of know. Mm. And then I had the, the fourth official was going, it, it's going to be a try, James. And I was like, <laughs> so at this point. Oh, three, he said it to you. So they, they, um, they've cleared the chases to one side. They've just got to check the grounding and make sure Wellsby's foot's not out. Yeah. So they check it once, and the guy goes, they're going to give it, James. I was like, mate, go away. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 I'm not going yet. I'm not just going to run off. I'm no. Imagine even that be even yeah. worse. <laughs> imagine yeah. they just run off. Yeah, oh, no try. No, After I've right. been calm for so long. <laughs> yeah. So I was just waiting. And then, yeah, those three letters came up, and it's just, yeah, just pandemonium. And oh. then, yeah, I guess, like, that, that celebration, it was just, like, it meant, it meant so much to me. It was probably like the most important day of my life, and um, to finish that way, like I'm at like a, a crossroad. I either finish as a, a grand final winner or a grand final loser. So for mm. me, yeah, probably the most important day of my life. And not many players get that to go out yeah, as, the, as a it, winner. It, and and obviously that all the crap I've been through before with losing them, it was yeah, it um it ne it, ne it never made off for them, but it, but it certainly um it, it it meant a lot to me. And then. Yeah, then, yeah, just just leaving the field. I was like, right, okay, I guess this is the the last time. And it was, again, bizarre, no crowd. Yeah. Like, really strange feeling. Mm. But, you know, again, it, it was really cool to just share those moments with those group of men. And not, you know, yeah, I would have loved for my family to be there and have the boys' family there and celebrate with the fans. But there was something special about it just being us. Mm. Mm. It was, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. And like, yeah, I remember just being like, I want to be the last person to leave this field. It was it was in Hull again, which was different. Normally, Old Trafford. And I'm just like looking around, just being like, oh, like this is it. Like we're done. Have you tip, ever had any? Tip your hat and. Thank and then you. off you go. Off you go. Did you ever have a thought about what you wanted to do after your career? Or were you just sort of like, were you considering that in the moment or were you just like reflecting? So, well, so uh, you know what, you talk about Mad Mondays. So we're in lockdown. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully no one from the British government is listening to this. So we just... <laughs> we do have our reaches far Yeah, far so, so for anyone that's concerned, we just had a drink in... The sheds, yeah, and then got on the bus. You went home, and we went home. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But we come out of lockdown on the Wednesday, right? <laughs> Coming out of lockdown on the Wednesday, England had some bizarre rules about what you could do. Coming out of lockdown, so you could go to a pub, but with only members of your household. You could only go to the pub with members of your household. Now, but if someone else happened to be there. That you knew. What are you doing here? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, Wednesday, Wednesday we come out of lockdown. We had a presentation night on the Wednesday. So we're gonna go for some drinks before. Yeah, we got it. But how are we gonna do it? We're not. We're not allowed to be in the pub together. And I knew this guy that uh, a landlord at pub. So I called him up and I said, "We can't all come, can we?" He's like, "Well, not as a group, no." I, oh, and here's another rule: you've got to eat. You've got to be. You can't just go to the pub to drink. You've got to have a substantial meal. 
Now, no one really knew what a substantial meal was. So, well, the government, despite the fact that they They clearly weren't adhering to them, uh, (laughs) do as we say, not as we do. Um, But what what counted as a a substantial meal? So you couldn't just go and get on the piss. You had to eat food. But you could have a meal and then just continue on. They take your food and Mm. away you go. So I said, like, is there a chance we could get 28 tables for one in the restaurant? (laughs) She's like, yeah. She's like, book us in Wednesday afternoon, 28 (laughs) tables for one. (laughs) So we did. So we were sat, like, not next to each other, but, like, opposite. Like, that. All socially distanced. distanced. And, and like, I remember a few of us, we were like, lads, listen. No one is filming this. Lads, we are on our best behaviour. This guy's, you know, put his neck on the line here. Mm. You get fined. Reading the right act, especially especially to the young ones. Mm. After about three pints, <laughs> it's like the away end in there. We're all like, yeah, like dancing <laughs> on tables, like jumping up and down, carrying oh, on, oh, singing yeah. songs, and it's like other oh, families out there having, a, <laughs> having some food. <laughs> but like they, they were all great. They were like, they didn't Whatever, care. And then yeah. actually, we would like you get a bit messy. And everyone's scattered around, and then it's like police are here. So we all like sat back down in the chairs, like okay. No, 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 oh, I've already eaten off, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, Where's your shoes? Yeah. <laughs> so, your yeah, shirt. that, that yeah. was, that was... Um, That's cool. That was that was really cool to, to celebrate like that. And just the circumstances, you know, you, you'll find... A, if, you, if, you wanna, if you want it enough, give it... What, what's that saying? If you give anyone a, a why, you'll find the how. Right? Is that is that what it is? Or have I got that? I've wrong? heard that, but I, I don't know it well yeah. enough to no, repeat no, no. it. Yeah, I wouldn't if, be able. If to any know. man has a, a big enough reason why they'll f- they'll find, find the how, they'll find the how. It's like one might of those. Be able to. It's one of those. Um, so we had looked at other options. So one of the, the other ways you could congregate as a um, l- congregate legally was an official organised protest. <laughs> so we had looked at lodging a. Uh, know what we're going to protest against but that was actually that's a, a, that, that was is a, so dribbly if yeah, you ever lodged a protest so you get <laughs> on the there was another one where a couple of lads this is genius so all the bars and pubs were shut they booked a they booked a flight from like london airport to birmingham got in to the airport the, ho- the airport bar was open just knocking back the bees in the bar. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah. god! There's ingenuity out yeah. there that's being wasted. I know. Like right? these top minds should be <laughs> should be put should, to like, good use. Should, yeah, they well, should, they should they, be running the country. These I great just, minds. Like you know, like if you can find that way, if you can wiggle your way through it, yeah. like mm. find the find the, the loopholes, loopholes and get get through them. That's brilliant. I'm all about that. Love that. So now you're in now you're an NRL 360 panelist, media dying, obviously. And I think I mentioned off the top, but I didn't. You've obviously got your podcast, the buy around, which we will get to in a second. But I just wanted to sort of, I wanted to try and get an understanding from you of now that you sit on the other side of the equation, fence, the fence. <laughs> how does how do you sort of uh, how do you see how's your view changed? Yeah, look, I guess probably the level of importance of the media in the game. Um, I guess I've always viewed it coming over here as, you know, back home, rugby league doesn't get a mention in the papers. Very seldom. Like, it's usually, a you know, a negative story that will dominate. Or even if it's a big game, you've got to go past all the other sports to get to it, even in the north of England. So coming here, it was a, 
uh, pleasant, not a surprise, but it was, it, I actually liked the fact that the number one story on Fox Sports News was based on rugby league. Mm. You know, the, all the other networks, the sports section would turn to rugby league. You get the newspaper here in Sydney, it's all dominated rugby league. So for me, I think that's, that's where our sport belongs. Then in terms of like doing 360, I, I've been doing that for quite a while. Um, having media at training, that was another big shock when I came over. I'd never ex- really experienced that before. Mm. Only for like big games, which is like a normal week. It's like, what's going on here? Like, why are people, why are people bothered? Like, we're just there to play a game. So I sort of a- adopted a bit of a healthier attitude towards it, accepted it. Um, are they perfect? No. But no, like, no one is. I think, I think now my, my like, my role within the, the media, I guess, um, I, I, I like the challenge of thinking through um, ideas for the game. I, yeah, I well, guess. That was going to be one of my questions because I, I feel like there are lots of uh, current players, former players, pundits who, you know, are paid to give their opinion. And again, not to sit here and blow smoke up your ass, but when I hear you on NRL 360, I feel like, I will often come away from hearing you say something like, oh, I hadn't actually thought about it like that. Or you'll just provide some bit of insight that I haven't heard anywhere else. And I was interested to know how much time you spend actually like, you know, sort of excavating the thoughts you have or the opinions you have and going like, oh, well, if I look at it from that angle, what about from this angle? Or like, how do you spend a lot of time doing that? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, and, I, I, and, I, and I like to think about things um, and ideas and stuff and... Mm. Yeah, not just jump to conclusions. I like to, yeah, consider consider what I'm saying and plan about what I'm going to say. Obviously, you've got to be ready for like something dropping or being, you know, blindsided by something. Mm. But um, yeah, I do I do like to to think about it. And you know, what? I, I care about the game. Everything I ever say is is only because the point of view I'm coming from is is a point of care. Um, I don't I, I don't particularly in, enjoy it when you know players are players are under pressure because I get it. And clubs are under pressure, but it's just it's just part of the dance. I think you've just got to accept it. Uh, a lot of players get angry about the media, but you know, we look at where the money comes f- for our game. Like, I enjoy. Well, I'm sure you speak to every player; they enjoy getting paid <laughs> well. Mm-hmm. You know, and without the media, I don't. You can't have your cake and eat it. So, how do you how do you like sort of uh, not justify when you see there's like. Because even on NRL 360, which I love, like I really enjoy NRL 360 as a sort of, you know, the sort of flag bearer for rugby league, like narrative and, you know, like the soap opera. But there are certainly like maybe more um, hysterical takes or ones that are maybe a little bit more over the top when you've got your buzzers and your kenties and your, that maybe sometimes don't seem like they are from a... Yeah, I don't want you to, I'm not asking you to try to talk shit about him, but I just more mean like when you hear some takes that are maybe a little bit more out of left field and playing the game a bit more, I don't know. How do you see that? Because from the player's perspective where you're going, I don't know, I feel like sometimes Latrell finds himself in those situations more than, than some. Is there a oh, – is it, it difficult? Or do you ever feel like going at him or are you like, I can't – I'm no, not I getting think, into that. Like for, for me, like – I, I enjoy a healthy debate and mm. like everyone on there is respectfully of each other's opinions. Yeah. yeah, we can like try and shoot each other down. And the, the the idea is if you've got a point, bring the evidence to back it up mm. and mm. tell us why. And if you do that, then, you know, nine times out of 10, no one can really argue with you. But 
sometimes it's you know the, I guess the questions are, are, are difficult to to answer and you know I go in from a point of view I do still have a bit of a player's hat on so you know I go like you know go in defense of the players because it's you know I think that's one of my I guess job descri- job description excuse me while I'm on there it's got okay well what why is the player doing this okay well I'll give you some insight as to why like here's what uh, perhaps it might be mm. um and, and go into bat for them a little bit but you know I think the, the really good operators um coaching administrators players they block out that noise and and they they don't get affected by it and it, and it's really difficult to do now because most players are on social media um reading the comments both positive and negative everything that's said that you know like you mentioned that can be controversial mm. it doesn't ju- it's not just on 360 and then that's it it's forgotten about yeah. it's it's replayed it's on instagram mm. it's on twitter and then people are commenting on that so it it just it, it, it never snowballs stops. it yeah. never stops so you can um, like i i don't particularly like social media it does have some upside, but and I and I get it, but I I don't sit down and, and scroll through it. I don't have, you know, a personal Instagram or Twitter or fa- Facebook or anything like that. Mm. So, but some players are consumed by that. But the really good ones, they 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 block out that noise. Yeah. And and and, and legit, they go like, "Did you hear what you know?" They might get asked, "Did you hear what someone said about you on this show?" And they go, "No, mm. no, no, I didn't, because I, I'm I'm not interested." But some players are, and that would probably be, you know, uh, advice to players is to to optimize your performance, find a way to block out the noise because, you know, that we we like it. Like I say, the media does have a role within to play, but the, the the people in the media they they're doing it for the fans to get to to drive opinion, to drive yeah. up rate ratings, uh, and 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 have a debate and a healthy debate and. You know, on, especially online, it can it can turn quite quite vile mm. quite quickly. Um, Very vile. Yeah, where it just you know. But but you know what? Having said that, when I was fifteen or sixteen, if I had access to every Wigan or Leeds player or Liverpool or Man United player, I'd be sending them all sorts of abuse. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's mean. it. You got like. I think you do dumb shit when you're a kid. Yeah, and, and you know, there's no, well, there are some t- a, a lot of the time there's no repercussions for that, mm. but it has an effect. So if you're if you're one of the stars of our game, and you read a comment from whatever the the, the tag name is, mm. you don't know who that person is. That's probably a 15 year old kid that's got nothing better to do. Mm. And you and your and your 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 value in this guy's opinion, like you don't know, like he's got no idea. And he's doing it to get a reaction to try and like really you, you shouldn't but 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 they do i know some lads that spend so much time on there that's probably why when when you asked before do i think about it well i'm not i'm not wasting two hours of my life a day on instagram yeah yeah <laughs> like so i've got i i, I, can, I, I have the yeah. opportunity to think about things and not just yeah. go what, what are they saying about me mm. like yeah like exactly that's just yeah like i get there's there's many many benefits to it and and I I love the like uh, what I love about our game is that we have that fan interaction that we are approachable. You know, walk down to a cafe or pub. Hey, how are you doing, lads? Get photos. We have members' day where you know 
what is it like fifty dollars to be a member at South Sydney and you can rub shoulders with Latrell Mitchell? Like, yeah, that doesn't happen in the Premier League. Mm. Doesn't happen in the NFL, NBA. Like, what would you need? What would you need to get a, to get a picture with LeBron, LeBron James and get his, a jersey signed? Like, you'd need to be a multi-millionaire to get anywhere near that. Yeah, where you get fifty dollars, go to Members Day. But the social media aspect of it, the players like my advice to them would be look if you're gonna want the you know the sponsorships and everything that comes with it that's fair enough but you're gonna if you're gonna read every negative comment and take that to heart look i understand why you would but you need really need to work on that 100 percent. it's a good point are you what's what's the future look like for you, you you've obviously got the podcast the byron you, you're doing the stuff with fox what what are your intentions moving forward do you think do you want to stay in media do you want to try your hand at coaching well up until about six months into retirement, I always thought I wanted to be a coach. Like all I ever imagined doing was just coaching. Like I just, for me, it was the natural progression. Mm. Um, but now, I, I, like I'm not going to completely close the door on it. But it's hard to envisage me doing that because it just what changed. What changed, like. Pizzas and free food before NRL 360. <laughs> yeah. um, We've had some of them. Yeah, we have. <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a shift in attitude, really. And just how, like, my appreciation for just how difficult it is. Like, be stressful it, as hell like, as well, It's man. super stressful. It's incredibly time-consuming. It's all-consuming. Don't really switch off. It's insecure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, Very insecure, isn't it? Yeah. Look, at, look at a guy like... Let, let's take Nathan Brown, for instance. So, starts at the Dragons. So, his family and what... And, it's, and it, like, for, I'm an all-in guy and all coaches are all-in, but it's not just you that's all-in, it's your family. Mm-hmm. So, you, Nathan Brown starts in Wollongong, moves to Huddersfield in England, so across the world. Another part of the world, St. Helens, moves back to Newcastle. It's another part of the world, then New Zealand. Another part of the world, and it's just like, well... Like I can understand why he's just gone now. I've, I've had enough of the insecurity, the pressure. Like some people, public criticism. Yeah, like some people need that high pressure environment and and thrive in it. And I get it. Like part of me is appealed to that, or, or like sorry, is attracted to that. But then, you know, it seems now like within coaching, it's like it's a competition that who can be there the longest and not necessarily not necessarily the most productive. And that's not knocking the coaches because I get why they do it. I understand why they they've got to have the appearance of I'm first in, last out. I'm across. All, I'm always on my. I'm all. I'm not having a break. I have mm. no days off. On the on the te- on the, the the roster day off for the for the team. If you come in to get physio, you're gonna see the coach in there. Is this guy not got a life? Like we yeah. can we can all work from like they don't. They're only doing video. You'd work from home, but it's like no, no I've got to be in there seen and, I, and look I, get, I, get, I understand it but it's just it, it's not f- for me it's not our, I, I don't think it's how I want to spend the next 30 years of my life and yeah. and that and that struggle to to get off the bottom of the ladder it, it's it's dependent on so many things that are out of your control really like Really, a lot of it is, is is good fortune, no doubt. If you you know, 
if you, if you work hard and you know the word spreads about how good you are as a coach, and and and, and that's what a lot of the time what happens. But if you're if you get a bit of misfortune or, or someone else gets a rub of the ge- green, or, or you know it's 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 a game within the game sometimes, and there's mates involved mm. and the media the media side of pushing certain coaches. Mm. Um, I I just I, I'm th- there's there's too many there's too many red flags for me, and I know my personality as well. Uh, like I, I don't think my my personality would like while I was You'd coaching be find out the arse after yeah, the well not just that, but like, just <laughs> yeah, my personality while I'm while I'm actually coaching <laughs> would be all right. It's when I when I go home, yeah, and, yeah, okay. and, and when I'm not there, like trying to switch off. From yeah, yeah. Like I was never good at switching off anyway, and I think. Yeah, like I said, I'm not closing the door completely on it, but it's probably not a door I'm looking to open either. Yeah, right. So now you do have the podcast to buy around, Sam Burgess' first guest. What's the vision for it? Like, has it been, as how long has it been like something you've been wanting to do? Who are some guests coming up? What's the, what's the go? Yeah, it's been, it's been brewing for, for, for a while. Um, you know, podcasts are a relatively new thing. I enjoy conversation. Um, I enjoy that there's no time constraint on it. Uh, I wanted to do something independently so I could set the agenda and the talking points. So, like, I can get to, I, I get, uh, yeah, I, I, I get to choose the fo- the, the the focus. Um, so, yeah, I, it, it's been on the on the radar for a while, but I'm, I'm an ideas guy. Like I, I've got heaps of ideas, like mm. l- loads of ideas, but I just don't know how to get them started. So sure. I was f- very fortunate um, through through Charlie and Tony, or, or no, through my work at Triple M. Shout out, both very good boys. I know yeah. Um, we sort of uh, floating around the idea. Well, let's let's just do it. So like, yeah, we, we agreed on the name all that sort of stuff and we hashed out some ideas and, and, and the structure of it. But it, I guess really we, we don't have like a long-term vision. Mm. We're just gonna, we're just gonna go with it because like we are a startup fundamentally and this is new to us all. Well, it's certainly new to me. So I need like, you got to see what the demand, I've got to see what the demand is and then, supply that demand like okay. if, you know even like the structure of it so at the moment we go part like a uh, recap of the round and the major talking points into an interview well if the demand's the other way around then then that's what we've got to do mm. so it's it's very much a, a learning curve um yeah ve- very much a learning curve thank you so much for coming on man this has been awesome we've uh, loved it my pleasure i've loved it loved Beautiful. it thank right. you for having us on and um, doing a bit of promotion for us and all that. So the buy around, it's on Instagram as well. Buy around podcast. Yeah. You've got to get more active on Instagram, dude. You got to be promoting that thing. Yeah, well, that, that that's up to um, to Charlie and Tony. That's yeah, not, okay. that's not my bar. Nah, that's nice. not my cup of tea. So um, yeah, but we, yeah, we we put a bit of content out there on Instagram and yeah, like I say, we're looking to grow and um, yeah, we don't really know which direction we're going to head, but excited. Like yeah. it's just yeah, the possibilities are. Um, not endless, but you know, there's a lot of options out be. there. It could, could be. be. Check it out. Go give it a follow. Buy around podcast. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you, Could you two just not talk anymore? 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.